Welcome back to the show here, guys. It's Off the Top Rope, episode number five. It is Sunday, December 1st. We made it to December. Today, I'm counting down my top five most underutilized superstars currently in the WWE. So let's get right into it. Let's get it. Alright guys, welcome back to the show here. It's Off the Top Rope, episode number 5. And like I said before, I'm counting down my top 5 most underutilized superstars in WWE today. So let's uh, let's get started here with number 5. Number 5 is Robert Roode. Robert Roode is currently in a tag team on Friday nights on SmackDown with Dolph Ziggler. And when we date back to Roode's NXT days, he was a great heel. Really good heel. He was a former NXT champion. He was a lot of fun to watch. Had a lot of great feuds with guys, you know, like Nakamura and Aleister Black. A lot of guys like that. And he he was great at that. Great at playing the heel role. Uh, I'm really disappointed to see kind of where he's ended up. He's been running around with Corbin a lot too. It seems to be Rude, Ziggler, and Corbin as the big heel trio on SmackDown right now. He he's getting more of a push than. Um, you know, I, a while back he was just kind of thrown into a tag team with Chad Gable. Then he kind of got thrown into a tag team with uh, Dolph Ziggler now recently. And he he really deserves more of a singles push, I think. I don't think he's a guy who needs to be running around with anybody else or teaming up with anybody else. And He's just not... When they gave him that original singles push on the main roster, it was a... He got that push as a face. I don't think Bobby Roode, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to correct myself, he actually goes by the ring name Robert Roode now. Um, he's way more better at being a heel than he is a face. So if they do give him that singles run, that big singles push where I think he deserves, because he's got, I mean, Roode's got, he's got great physique. He's got a great look. He's got a great attitude. He's got all the essentials. I think he's got potential to be one of the best heels not just in WWE, but in all of professional wrestling. So he, he's definitely up there. I think he's a guy that can feud with some of the best in the business. He had one of the feuds that stands out to me the most when it comes to Rude was a few years back. Not even that, not even a couple years back when he was the United States champion. Had a good, a decent run as the U.S. champion and feuded with Randy Orton. And he showed that he's got good chemistry with those top guys so coming in at number five i'm going with bobby Roode. i'd like to see it happen um and uh dolph ziggler as well is another guy who just kind of gets thrown into tag teams when creative doesn't really know what to do with him so and i'll kind of get into ziggler a little bit later and Roode has been successful at pretty much every promotion he's been at like I said, with NXT, but he also had a really, really good run with TNA there for a while, back in the mid to late 2000s when TNA was really um, really one of the top promotions in the world at the time. So 
I'm really looking forward to seeing if Bobby Roode, excuse me, Robert Roode, gets that big push that I think he deserves. Coming in at number four, I have Sonia Deville. Um, and Sonia Deville debuted back on the main roster. It would have been November of 2017. She she debuted with Paige, who was making a comeback at the time, and Mandy Rose. They formed the faction called Absolution. Unfortunately, Absolution wasn't able to continue after Paige was in, injured. Uh, the injury that actually ended her career in that ended up being Sonia Deville and Mandy Rose, kind of as uh, as what we know them now as Fire and Desire. And Sonia Deville has a MMA background. She's actually the former SCF Women's Bantamweight Champion, which I think makes her, in my opinion, that should make her one of the top contenders just by you know it's not just I, I don't think everybody who comes in from another sport like mixed martial arts should just come in and you know be handed title shots and be handed a push right off the bat that's not what I'm saying but she definitely fits the mold of being a badass chick and you know she's got legitimate fighting skills and she showed that in the ring she really plays with the whole MMA background in, in her style which I enjoy a lot she's and ever since, it's just been Mandy and Sonya. Mandy's, for some reason, is getting way more of a push than Sonya is. A lot of people would argue that Mandy has better, more entertainment value, more, you know, she's she's got the blonde hair, she's got the great physique, she's got the, um, you know, she's, she's got the aura about her that maybe Sonya doesn't have, but... I feel like if we put Sonya in the right situation and give her what she needs to become a star and give her a little bit of freedom with her character, I think Sonya could definitely be one of the top contenders in the women's division. She's got to be hungry for a push, especially considering Mandy Rose has, I believe, been given more than one title shot and pretty good storylines. And Sonya just kind of in the shadow. So I think she's definitely somebody that Vince and Creative could look at and give a big push to. And I think she'd, uh, she would excel well. Coming in at number three is a guy who I briefly mentioned while I was talking about Bobby Roode. Is, and a lot of people are going to roll their eyes at this one. But I, I really think he's one of the best in the business. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler has had so many chances on so many occasions. He's had so many opportunities to jump ship, and he hasn't. He has stayed loyal to WWE. And this kind of goes back to what they do with Robert Roode as well. Every time they don't know what to do with Ziggler, they just put him in a tag team. They did it with McIntyre, which I liked. I I thought those two were great together. Now they're doing it with Rude. It was brilliant of them for uh, for WWE to turn him heel a while back. I think he's a great heel. I think he's a pretty good face as well. I think Ziggler can just... He can adapt to any situation that Vince and the higher-ups ask him to be in. I think he's, you know, he's a great in-ring performer. Dolph Ziggler, and I think we kind of forget about all the major accomplishments that Ziggler has achieved in WWE. And I'll just start with, he's a, he's a former two-time world champion. 
one of the most legendary moments, I believe, in Monday Night Raw history is, and it might be my favorite moment in Monday Night Raw history, when he cashed in on Alberto Del Rio the day after WrestleMania, one of the most brilliant cash-ins. I will, I'll just say it right now. It was the best Money in the Bank cash-in today. He was, I mean, it was, that crowd popped so loud. It was him getting over the hump. He had, uh, that's when he was with Biggie and AJ Lee, too, I believe. And it was just, I was so happy for him in that moment because he, he was still pretty young at the time. He got that big push that he deserved. He won the title, and then after that, it kind of, everything just kind of fizzled out. And I really felt like WWE could have really rode that momentum a lot longer. Two-time former world champion, six-time Intercontinental champion, two-time United States champion. He's a two-time tag team champion with two different guys, Drew McIntyre and Robert Roode. Won the Money in the Bank in 2012. And it's crazy to me that he's not in the main event picture all the time. Just for the simple fact, he's he has a great look. He's got the cockiness, the attitude. He's a great in-ring performer. The dude takes great bumps. He takes great bumps. He, he's great at selling. He has a large arsenal of offensive moves. And a, and a lot of people like to view him as, you know... The wannabe Shawn Michaels or the modern day wannabe Shawn Michaels. I disagree. I feel like Ziggler's got his own style. I really do. He adapts to everybody's style. He he can adapt and put on great matches with guys the size of Braun Strowman. Even back at SummerSlam this year, when uh, he fought Goldberg, oh my god, he was taking those spears. It was amazing how great he was selling it. And then after Goldberg kicks his ass, he gets on the mic and you know, calls it back out a few more times. That's gold. Dolph Ziggler's gold. I love Dolph Ziggler. I think he's one of the best in the business. I'm sick of seeing him in tag teams that he doesn't need to be in. Keep him as a singles guy. Don't keep bringing up all these guys from NXT. Putting them up against Ziggler. The very first pay-per-view that, that's up next and having Ziggler put them over. Like I'm sick of that. I honestly think at the age of 37, I believe, I believe Dolph Ziggler's 37 now, I think that if we were to give him another big main event push, he would excel. And I'm all here for that. I want to see it. And the most intriguing accomplishment to me that I didn't even realize until a couple of days ago when it comes to Dolph Ziggler, back in 2013, this is going to come as a shock to a lot of people, he was ranked as number nine in the world from uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. They did the top 500 pro wrestlers in the world. He came in at number nine that year. How does he go from the number nine most popular pro wrestler in the world to in a tag team with Robert Roode getting no, just kind of staying in that mid-card, that mid-card area and not getting that big push? It's crazy to me. Coming in at number two, Another guy who I have no idea what WWE is doing with him right now is Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is one of the best talents in world wrestling entertainment. So I want to go back to his NXT days again. Back in his NXT days, we couldn't wait for that. And I actually remember Sami Zayn's debut match on Raw. It was 
John Cena doing an open challenge for the United States title, I believe. And Bret Hart, for some reason, comes out. And, you know, for, for a second there, we're all thinking, okay, Bret Hart's going to wrestle John Cena right here on Raw. No, I'm kidding. Nobody thought that. But a, f- a few brief moments later, he introduced Sami Zayn, and Sami, the pop for Sami was insane. It was uh, it was a great moment. He came down. It was John Cena versus Sami Zayn for the U.S. title. Crowd was pumped, and that that was the first time I really saw Sami in the ring. And I thought, wow, this kid's really going to be something. And for some reason, that momentum just never carried up. And we, we've seen him do the thing with Kevin Owens. I mean, he, how many times have we seen him and Kevin Owens? Yeah, I mean, on Monday nights, on SmackDown, on pay-per-views, go at it. And right now, all they're using him as is Shinsuke Nakamura's hype man, or whatever you want to call it. Well, I mean, he's entertaining, don't get me wrong. He's a very entertaining hype man. He's a great hype man. I'd want him to be my hype man. But I would much rather see him... I mean... I, I, I'm not even big on necessarily Zane being like a world champion or anything like that, but at least like in the U.S. title picture or the Intercontinental title picture, something like that. He's he's the type of guy where you could put in a really good storyline with with anybody. He has great entertainment value. When he gets on the mic for Nakamura, he's great. He's funny. He's an asshole. He's cocky. He's mouthy. You could, you could do a lot with Zayn when it comes to just an entertainment product. But not only that, as I was just mentioning, how he's Shinsuke Nakamura's hype man. Going back to the NXT days before either one of them were on the main roster, back when Nakamura and Zayn were both in NXT, those two guys, in my opinion, it didn't get voted as a five-star match, but in my opinion, it was definitely a five-star match. Those two brought the house down, and it was... Um, I believe that would have been the first time... Yeah, that's when Sami Zayn won the NXT title against Shinsuke Nakamura, and that match was amazing. To this day, me and many other pro wrestling fans consider that a five-star match. And now he comes out as Shinsuke Nakamura's hype man. How does that make any sense? What I'm hoping for is that at some point, maybe they turn either Nakamura or Zayn... I would rather they turn Nakamura against Zayn and have Zayn as the face and Nakamura as the heel. I, I like Nakamura as a heel more than I do a face. And those two, if those two were to feud, they could put on a great match. Give them, give them freedom. Give them the same freedom you gave them back in NXT. They'll put on a great match for that Intercontinental Champion. And, and it'll, or that championship. And it would be a great feud. I want to see it happen. Make it happen. Sami Zayn deserves more than what he's getting. One of the best talents in the game right now. And if I'm remembering correctly, somehow Sami Zayn hasn't won any titles since he's been on the main roster. Former NXT champion. Has not been given a push as a champion. Not even on the mid-card level yet. Doesn't make any sense. And last but not least, coming in at number one for the top five most underutilized guys, or superstars rather, in WWE today, is Cesaro. Cesaro is pound for pound, quite possibly the strongest guy in WWE. But that doesn't even matter, because that dude is crazy acrobatic as well. Puts on great matches with... And I know I've said that about Rude. Rude can you know, put on great matches with guys, Ziggler and Zayn. But Cesaro takes that to a whole new level. 
Like, he, he adapts to whoever. And he's one of the only guys that can do it so perfectly just because he's this super strong, you know, just powerful guy. But he's all, like I said, he's just crazy acrobatic. Some of the moves that guy makes, some of the stuff he's got, you know, up his sleeve is just crazy. Unfortunately, I think WWE is kind of running out of time with Cesaro for giving him that big singles push. In a dream scenario, Cesaro would win the Royal Rumble this year. Call me crazy. I would love to see Cesaro win the Royal Rumble. Would I buy tickets to a Brock Lesnar-Cesaro-WrestleMania match? I wouldn't put it in the main event. But would I buy tickets to that? Hell yeah. I think that'd be great. I think he's a very believable contender for Brock Lesnar. And I'm, I was actually so pumped. Not just for Cesaro, but for Sheamus as well. When Sheamus announced that he was returning to SmackDown this past Friday and Cesaro, of course, is on Mondays. That's great. Because I kept thinking in my head that they were going to bring back the bar. They needed not do that. They were a great tag team. They were dominant. But unfortunately, that's the only that's the only title where Cesaro's been Cesaro's been really been known for. Only title that he really got a run with was with Sheamus. They were great together, but they're both of them. Cesaro more are better off as singles guys. I don't know how good Cesaro was on the mic. Honestly, I've never really heard him on the mic. But that's the thing. You never really know until you give him that opportunity. He hasn't been given the opportunity. Sheamus has. Sheamus has won multiple world titles. And Sheamus was in a tag team with him. Doesn't make any sense. Considering that Cesaro was slightly a better performer, overall performer than Sheamus is, in my opinion. And Cesaro's willing to put people over, or put other guys over as well. It was October 31st at Crown Jewel over in Saudi Arabia. And I can't think of the guy's name on the top of my head. But the match that Cesaro put on at that show with the, the local Saudi Arabian superstar, that one who actually won the the greatest Royal Rumble that they did way back, I believe it was 2018, a little over a year ago, that match was incredible. That was probably, in my opinion, from what I've seen in 2019, I know we only got a month of 2019 left, but... Um, at the end of this year, I think we could look back at that match with Cesaro that he had at Crown Jewel as one of the best, if not the best of the year. It's, it's at least top five, definitely. And that's the thing. We, we barely knew who that guy was. Cesaro's out there putting on a classic with him. You know what I mean? It's, um, it's a shame that it's taken this long to really give him the push he deserves. And it, I, it took Kofi. God, Kofi had to wait 11 years for his big moment at WrestleMania. And we we never viewed Kofi... I don't care who you are. Nobody ever viewed Kofi as a main event talent. Especially competing for the WWE title at WrestleMania. So all the people who were saying, oh, Cesaro doesn't have that caliber. Nobody thought that about Kofi. Kofi did it. I guarantee you. Cesaro would ride, rise to the occasion if he was given the opportunity Maybe not main event WrestleMania, and maybe, you know, take Lesnar out of it. But give him a world title match at a pay-per-view. I don't care what pay-per-view it is. He's a guy who is, he's main event caliber, great in-ring performer, still, yeah, I, I, I have no idea how good he is on the mic. 
I mean, back in, I don't remember what year, I believe it was 2015, 16, they were going to make Cesaro the new Paul Heyman guy. Like, they were so close to it. They had him win the Andre, Andre the Giant Battle Royal at Mania. Comes out the next night and says, hey, I'm a Paul Heyman guy now. They didn't do anything with that. How do you announce that Cesaro is the new Paul Heyman guy and not do anything with it? That would have been gold. That's also something that you could bring into the storyline if Cesaro, in my opinion, do I think should win the Royal Rumble this year. If Cesaro wins the Rumble, takes on Brock for that title at Mania, you could you could play with it so much with the Paul Heyman thing. It was, I, I mean, I know it was brief with, with Heyman and Cesaro, but that could be big, and that could be a lot of lot of fun to watch. I think that that would be a great storyline. One of my favorites to watch, the Cesaro swing. Who doesn't love watching the Cesaro swing? Great finishers, great submissions. And the guy is he's just tough as nails. And I got to go back to, uh, I believe it was the the TLC pay-per-view in 2017 where he uh, his teeth actually got, he was launching after Jeff Hardy and he missed. And his teeth hit the top turnbuckle, the hard part, and really jacked up his mouth. I remember his teeth got pushed up into his gums. And it it is just amazing to me how we still finished that match. You know, just I can't even begin to imagine the amount of pain he was in. I mean, so, you know, he's, he's definitely got the toughness there. So that's my list there, folks. Number five, Robert Roode. Number four, Sonya Deville. Number three, Dolph Ziggler. Number two, Sami Zayn. And number one is Cesaro. So thanks for tuning in today, guys. I apologize I was not able to do a Survivor Series review show. Um, the Survivor Series, was it was an amazing show, though. I, I, I know I was big into... Or I was not big into NXT being part of the show. I... I will admit it did bring a little bit more to the table this year, a little more flavor. And here's my beef with it, though. And I and I called it, you know, just like how I talked about it on the last episode of the podcast. Vince went out there, you know, sent NXT out there. the The final score was NXT four, SmackDown two, and Raw one. And we all know why he had NXT go out there and sweep the show. That was his way of getting people away from AEW on Wednesday nights. I knew that was going to happen. And it's crazy to me. He sent out his... I guess they're not calling it a developmental brand anymore, which doesn't make any sense because all the guys on NXT are eventually going to move up to either Raw or SmackDown. And they're bringing... They've brought Balor back down from the main roster back to NXT and maybe teased that with Kevin Owens a little bit. But they're not going to do that consistently. They're not going to do that consistently. Guys are going to move up to Monday nights and Friday nights. Raw and SmackDown. But Vince doesn't like that. He's losing viewers on Wednesday night to another promotion. So, that I mean, he got it to work. He got it to work. I'll give the man props. Vince set out a plan to get more ratings back on his show, and it worked. NXT has won the ratings war on Wednesday nights the last two weeks. And everybody's saying that it's not a war between NXT and AEW and that we should all love it. I agree, we should all love it. But we're not going to pretend that it's not a war. Both sides have made it very clear 
that this is a war between NXT and AEW on Wednesday nights. The best moment of the show, in my opinion, in Survivor Series, and I knew I was going to be excited about Brock and Rey Mysterio going at it for whatever reason, and it, it lived up to my expectations. Brock won like I thought he would. But uh, what I did not see coming was Dominic, Ray's son, coming down to help Dad and hit Brock with the double 619. And I'm not kidding, guys. I, I genuinely thought that's how Brock was going to lose the title. I thought they had me f- like fully in to believing that Rey Mysterio was going to be... <laughs> he was going to pin Brock Lesnar and become the new world champion. And Dominic and Ray were going to get their revenge. God, it was great. Great. One of the best moments in Survivor Series history, in my opinion. It was, uh, it was a hell of a lot of fun. As far as match of the night goes on the card, I would either say the men's five on five on five, or I would say uh, Adam Cole versus Pete Dunne for the NXT Championship. That was a hell of a match. Adam Cole was at War Games the night before, uh, being put through a table from Champa from twenty feet up in the air, uh, and then the next night goes and goes to war with Pete Dunne. And a brutal match for the NXT Championship. And he was he was able to come out on top in that one. Adam Cole is really really carrying the load over there in NXT. Uh, not just him himself, but he's definitely shown why he's a tough guy over there. Adam Cole, I mean, I not, nothing but props to him, man. He's, he's really putting NXT on his back. And he's truly showing that he is truly one of the best performers in the world right now. Can't wait to see what they have next in store for Adam Cole. That's the show today, guys. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. The next WWE pay-per-view is going to be December 15th. It's going to be the Tables, Ladders, and Chairs pay-per-view. Don't think there's been any uh, matches announced for that show yet. AEW announced that they're going to be doing Bash at the Beach on January 15th. That should be a really fun show coming up here. Um, I'm going to be talking later this week. I'm going to have another show for you guys. I'm going to be talking the current state of AEW and how I think how I think things are going in the promotion over there and some of the next contenders who might be next in line for the AEW Women's Championship. Thanks again guys. I'm having a lot of fun doing this. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're listening and hope everybody has a good night and goodbye.